Come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh, there you go. That is correct. That is correct. We absolutely love that. Applause, applause, applause. Crowd goes wild. <laughs> Good job this week, brother. And uh, Yeah, thank you. I did write that down for you correctly. You wrote it down you the did. last couple of weeks, and we're trying to throw me under the bus. No, 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 no. Yes. I wrote it down once. No. You copied and pasted without actually looking at it. Well, yeah, yeah, I did do that. I did do that. Uh, we were supposed to have a special guest on with us, uh, Trevor Huff, uh, but he's not going to be here this week. He will be in a couple of weeks, and but we do have a very special guest with us on your end. Who who do we have in the barbecue pit with you, Dirty Dan? None other than Rebecca Short of the Short Shit Show. Am I really a guest at this point? No, but you know we wow. can we can no you're you're part of the team, but he can still introduce you. <laughs> I don't really. I, I don't really think I need an introduction anymore. You're you are our in-house guest. We're the ear candy. You're the eye candy. I'm pretty sure she's just all the candy. Oh, okay, okay. Um, let's see. How's your guys' week been? Uh, it's been a double doozy. It's been a shit show, Goose. Yeah. Well, Her usual. Mine. Mine has been a double doozy shit show. Uh, it seems like that's been all around. Uh, episode 42 is up. It is going strong. Uh, we have a lot of downloads on it. Yes. Uh, a lot. Uh, and we have added some new listeners uh, worldwide. Uh, our latest listener is from Panama. So, oh, wow. so now the people on the, are on the planet that listen to Hear Chew Bubblegum are from the United States, Canada, Australia, Finland, UK, Germany, New Zealand, Ireland, India, Israel, Philippines, Singapore, Nigeria, Indonesia, France, Norway, South Africa, Poland, Brazil, and Panama. We welcome Panama to the listening audience of Here to Chew Bubblegum. Often, uh, um, I guess, uh, intimidate or not intimidated, often uh, people, people try to copy us. People try to duplicate us, but they can't. We're the originals. I feel like I feel like a little bit of a, the Catalina fucking wine mixer right now with a worldwide production. <laughs> Prestige worldwide. Prestige worldwide. <laughs> the fucking Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> boats and hoes. Boats and hoes. Boats and hoes. Uh, did you hear about the? Uh, I'll just go ahead and mention this now. Did you hear about the uh, Kentucky native Tom T. Hall, who passed away August 20th at age 85. I saw that. Franklin, Tennessee. He was nicknamed the Storyteller and was an American country music singer, songwriter, and short story author. Legend. He wrote 12 number one hit songs with 26 that reached the top 10, including the number one international pop crossover hit 
Harper Valley PTA and I Love, which reached number 12 on the Billboard Top 100. He's also inducted into the Rolling Stones list of 100 greatest songwriters. Our uh, thoughts and prayers goes out to Mr. Tom T. Hall's family. And friends and, and anyone affected by the past. Yes. Also, two more things on my to-do list to bring people aware of. Uh, Mothman Festival 2021 has been canceled. Uh-oh. Uh, they posted on their website that after several meetings with public health officials and city officials, the Mothman Festival team is saddened to announce they are canceling the 2021 Mothman Festival. Uh, it goes on to say that if you've, if you've purchased tickets for the bus tour, your money will be refunded, and all of the vendors have been emailed prior to the notice going out, and they hope a better 2022. Is that because of the pandemic? Yes, yes, it is. And also, it's just... What was that, Rebecca? It's the pumpernickel. <laughs> and uh, just before we came on the air, I posted on Facebook that we were recording to call in, and we had a text from Mr. Elliot of the Spooky Family Podcast. He said, uh, great interviews with uh, the Ingersoll Lockwood guy, DJ Nikki. We'll have part two coming up in this episode. In this very, very episode, just a few very long minutes away. Yes, yes, it is, and it's a, it's a very good interview. You want to be sure to hang around with it. And uh, in case you missed it, let me mention this before we start uh, on listener email. A gigantic asteroid uh, passed by Earth yesterday at a high rate of speed. Wide. Yes, yes, it was. Um, let's see, NASA said that the asteroid was around 4,800 feet wide, approximately four times as wide as the Empire State Building, and the next time it uh, will pass Earth will be August 19th, 2080. I don't think I'll be around for that. You may be. I mean, hey, in uh, 2080, I'll be like, uh, uh, how many years from that is now? 40? That's, 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 how that's, many years from that is now? <laughs> that's like... Uh, that's 59 years, Goose. 59. That's 59 years. So I will be uh, uh, in my early <laughs> 100s. I will. Hey, honestly, there's a good chance we could all three still be here. You know, with some of the stuff they're doing in like uh, advanced medicine with with uh, technology and so forth, the three D printing, the three yeah. D printing. The, the deep we'll just three D print ourselves the goose. It'll be fine. <laughs> you know, they. Uh, I I read a while back they actually are like using some three D print stuff in. Uh, like people with transplants and so forth. Oh yeah, they've they've been three D printing limbs and whatnot. So that'd be fun to just get a get a new arm off a printer and just go around and and just grab stuff and do it. Now you know you'd have some perverts out there that'd be three D printing something else. Listen, listen. They already <laughs> are. They already are. They've had sex toys out for a very long time. Okay? No, no, but, no, but no, but I'm talking. You you will get some some uh, <laughs> dumbass that would actually remove his and try to 3D print install one. You know, not for for no. What is the warning label? Oh, for external use only. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh. Plastic is plastic. And you 20 guys, bucks uh, twenty bucks. You guys want to go ahead and start out with some listener email? Yeah, we sure can. I'll just follow you guys. All right, we have uh, Aaron writing in. My name is Aaron. I'm 34 from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and I not only love our First Amendment, but I live it. 
That being said, I love the format and the shows are fluid. And if you find yourself wanting a good laugh or a serious story or two, I would love to be on the show. I am a standing tall and finally putting my words and charisma together to make a difference. People need a uniting message and I want to provide the drum beats to their boot stomps. Can you feel that energy? That's what I'm talking about. And, uh, uh, I actually wrote Aaron back, and we probably will have him on sometime. And, Rebecca, you're yeah. bouncing up and down. Why? I believe that is one of the flockers who actually found us while we were live in the bunker. Oh, okay. I, was, uh, that, was that Aaron on the Zoom call the other day? Uh, yeah. I'm, yeah. Okay. I'm, like, 100% sure with the, um, with the age and the location yeah. and the way he's writing. I'm pretty sure I know who that is. Well, he, uh, he uh, put his last name in the email, but I... Took that out because I didn't know if he wanted that on or not. Yes, yes, I did. And uh, he has commented on some of our uh, YouTube shows as well. So, Aaron, thank you very much for listening and supporting us and uh, supporting the flock. Uh, Rebecca, you got an email you want to go with? Um, Obi of the Strange. Hello, it's Obi. I listened to your last show, and I'm now finding myself diving into Ingersoll Lockwood, the man and the organization. Thank you to DJ for talking about it to you and Dirty Dan. Thank you very much, Elby. Very much. Thank you. Dirty Dan, I'll let you go next. We have Rita from Mississippi. Great show last week, guys. I'm looking forward to the next roundtable show, Roswell. So are we, Rita. Yes, and that will be coming up September 5th. Uh, It will be us, hopefully Justin Perkins, maybe Trevor Huff also. Um, That will be – we are yet to know what topics – that we're going to discuss. But if any of our listeners want us to discuss certain topics, email, call, text, or leave a voicemail. We will do uh, what topics you recommend. And get real segment. For the round table. <laughs> get real segment. I just want to hear Justin go off again. <laughs> we, can, we can get him to do that anytime. Well, that is true. But... Go Love ahead, Rebecca. Rebecca. Go ahead. I know I was going to say something, but all you're going to come back with is phrasing. So I'm just going to bite my tongue. Oh, no. Come on. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I was going to, well, I thought about it after because you guys kept talking. So I don't know if I should. I was going to say I could go off with Justin as well, but it's just. Yeah. No, I'm not into that. <laughs> I know, but like I meant, never mind. <laughs> refer, refer back to the perverted 3D printing stuff. <laughs> I was talking about the get real segment. Yeah, uh, man. Whatever. Whatever, whatever. Where the fuck's your head at? The gutter. Right Clear. on down the road. Why don't you get it train? out of the grill, all right, Dirty Dan? That's okay. right, Goose, Dirty Dan. Goose, read us the next one. Uh, Dempsey says, hey, Goose and Dirty Dan, it's Dempsey here. Uh, there's no easy way to say it, so here goes. Holy shit. I love the show <laughs> and the interview last week. Brain on part two. What better way to say it than yes. that? Yes, thank you Holy very much. Shit. Thank you very much, Dempsey, for that uh, email. HTCBG fan from Texas. I've listened to the last, the last week's show three times now. It is the best episode so far. I've done some research, and I think you guys are the first ones to get an interview from anyone associated with Ingersoll Lockwood. Keep the ear candy coming, Goose and Dan Roswell. Well, as a matter of fact, we were. Yes. Yes, we were. You know, like I said, we're uh, often... Uh, often imitated. There you go. never, never succeeded. Never duplicated. Never duplicated. That's it. We uh, often imitated, never duplicated. We uh, do have some people that are that have been trying to um, uh, 
what you said, trying to Imi- imitate but not be able to do. Yes, imitate. I, I don't know why I have a problem saying Im- uh, imitate. <laughs> I don't know, but it's kind of funny, Bubsy. <laughs> I, I, uh, I uh, keep thinking about Dale Earnhardt, <laughs> where he was the intimidator, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm not intimidated. People try raise to hell, intimidate. Raise hell. So yeah, there you go. Um, Rebecca, the next one's yours. From uh, from a, this one very very near and dear to my heart, Rebecca. Star, am I on Starman? Oh shit! Nope. I wasn't no. paying attention. You're on Dixon on end. This is this oh, is Dick- my beloved intimate listener. Well, then why don't you read it? Because it's not for me. Okay, um, Dixon on end. Hey, Goose and Dirty Dan. Pretty sure it's to you. I think you've been. I think you've talked to him in briefly on the show before, but research Corey Spears. And some of the things that he's involved in and claiming. I think he'd be a great guest to interview Roswell. Um, Dixon 09, I couldn't agree more. I think we have mentioned him briefly. Um, I can't remember uh, for what. Um, I think it's some of the stuff that he's been doing and saying and so forth. Uh, but we'll definitely try to make that happen, Dixon 09. We, we, we do have some big guests coming up later on in the year. We're not going to spoil it. Um, one that I'm... Uh, that I have got a confirmation from. We've just we've not nailed down a date yet. Will be somebody that if you grew up in the WWE Attitude Era, uh, we're going to have an interview with this person. When we're still trying to work I'm on locking so the date down, ah! and yeah. uh, you know we're we're we're, we're going to talk to him uh, a little bit about wrestling, some about you know they would drive a lot if they ever saw anything, what their thoughts would be, and he's really excited to be on the show. Um, let's see. Dirty Dan, you're next there. I would just like to comment on Corey Spears real quick. And okay. I would love to talk to him about his uh, testing of the Osiris 4D Ion Propulsion, uh, which is a it's synchronicity flight system. Like, that's that's straight like Lockheed Martin Skunk Works stuff. So I would absolutely love to be able to talk to him about that. Hey, sound good to me. Anyway, Starman of the Unknown writes in, Hello, Goose and Dirty Dan. It's been a while since I've written in. I still listen and enjoy every show. You guys killed it with the interview on last week's show. DJ has been my favorite guest so far. No offense to any other guest. But the subject that he talked had me and still has been very intrigued. Um, I agree with that. And uh, coming up in uh, segment two, he talks a little, um, about himself and about the Carbon Capture Shield project. And... Uh, I can't wait to have DJ back on because I yes. mean, just him personally. There's so much that we can, that we can, you know, expand on between yes. him and his his upbringing and his father NASA and all that. Definitely, yep. definitely. And saving the best for last, Rebecca. We'll let you read the last one for us. Elliot fan from Indiana. We need more Elliot. I miss his articles. If I need to, I'm going to start a petition to bring back Elliot's articles. I'm loving the Spooky Family podcast, but Miss Elliot on here to chew bubblegum. Roswell. Uh, yes, yes. Elliot will be back with some uh, Elliot's articles. I actually forward that email to Elliot. So, uh, Elliot fan from Indiana, just think of it like your favorite TV show is over for the end of the season. It's summertime. Season two of Elliot's articles will just be just around the corner. Uh, are you about to sneeze? Bless you. Yep. Bless, Bless you. you. Bless you. Thank you. So I'm muted. So I wasn't. You're bad. you're totally fine. 
But you season, didn't want to share with the people? No. Seasons two of Elliot's articles will be coming real soon. Dirty Dan, how can they get in touch with us? Well, if you want to either call, text, or leave a voicemail, you can call 606-373-3396, or you can email goose at goose at here to chew bubblegum.com, myself, dirty dan at here to chew bubblegum.com, or Rebecca at here to chew bubblegum.com. You can also email Ned Pupper Elliot at here to chew bubblegum at yahoo.com. Sounds good. Sounds good. We're going to uh, step out momentarily and uh, come back. And when we come back, Dirty Dan, what are we going to be talking about? Well, you have a UFO disclosure from Britain that yes, we're I do. going to discuss. And then I have your article that you wanted to read for the radio show, apparently, on an intelligence <laughs> official saying she met with aliens at their hidden U.S. base. Well, I will. I will. Uh, I will. Uh, let you read that. Uh, you're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. We'll be back in just a moment. My fellow Americans, it looks like some things have changed. Are we doing a good enough job teaching our children what America is and what she represents? If you want an abortion, get one! Younger parents aren't sure that an appreciation of America is the right thing to teach modern children. We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. When I drive into a neighborhood and there are American flags. It's a message of white supremacy. I'm warning of an eradication of the American memory that could result in an erosion of the American spirit. We need to completely dismantle the police department. If we forget what we did, we won't know who we are. We've got to do a better job of getting across that America is free, and freedom is special and rare. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of enterprise. As long as we remember our first principle and believe in ourselves, the future will always be ours. Ours was the first revolution in the history of mankind that truly reversed the course of government and with three little words, we the people. We the people are free. Once you begin a great movement, there's no telling where it'll end. Take a lighter look into the darker side of the world. Join Elliot, Gertie, and Beagle as they jump into the dark abyss of hauntings, serial killers, conspiracy plots, and beyond. The Spooky Family Podcast premieres July 1st, wherever you find and listen to quality podcasts. <laughs> you can always call, text, or leave a voicemail for Here to Chew Bubblegum at 606-373-3396. You can also send an email to goose at heretochewbubblegum.com. Dirty Dan at heretochewbubblegum.com or Pup, Ned, or Elliot at heretochewbubblegum at yahoo.com. And we're back with Here to Chew Bubblegum podcast episode 43, the DJ Nikki special part two. Yes, yes, we are. And uh, myself and Rebecca say welcome back. Right? Welcome back. 
the trap. <laughs> very good. Very good. Such an energetic comeback, and I'm only let down by that. Well, definitely. Oh. Definitely. Um, have you heard about some of Britain's uh, latest UFO disclosure? I have not, but I heard that you have an article you're going to share with us that will inform us all about it. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I'm, I'm going to try not to comment too much on it till segment three because we're going to uh, do something different this week, which may be uh, we may do every week or, you know, whenever. I'm um, kind of digging that, that idea. I am too. I am too. And I don't necessarily remember where I came up with that at. I think just maybe texting between me and you, I come up with that. So, what are we talking about? Um, we're going to talk about the Britain UFO disclosure right now. But he, he's talking about in segment three, we're going to be starting something new where we're going to have an open topic and discuss something on the show. And this week in segment three, we'll be discussing on why some people believe in UFOs. It's oh, like a, that's it's why like I'm mini- here. I'm here for yes. this. Yes, yes. Y'all so. carry on. I'll just sit here and watch. Uh, <laughs> just sit there and look pretty. Um, the uh, UFO mystery is an international phenomenon. Here is, um, or here in the United States, the Pentagon carried out a secret investigation of UFOs for decades. A similar investigation was also carried out by Britain's Ministry of Defense. But are the two countries sharing information? For 21 years, Nick Pope worked for the uh, Britain's uh, Ministry of Defense. Three years of those on what he called the UFO desk, where he responded to questions from the public and media about crop circles, UFO incidents, and other mystery um, inquiries. Pope said he also worked as an investigator on many of the UFO cases submitted to the Ministry of Defense. Britain's uh, UFO investigations reportedly ended in 2009, and Pope says about 95 percent of the once secret files have been released but that may not be the end of it i think more information has been exchanged pope says he also says he thinks the uk and the u.s are sharing information i've seen media reports suggesting that the uap task force has uh for some time now been sharing uh its own conclusions and some of the raw data about ufos with five other nations uh, and those being uh, Austria, Canada, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom and United States. And uh, we certainly have a lot of reports and some of the information going on uh, the secure servers to which the British government communications headquarters have access. In late June, UK, the UK House of Lords held an open debate about UFOs investigations. They took a rather negative and robust line and the Baroness Goldie for the Ministry of Defense stood up in the House of the Lords and said, we see no reason to restart these investigations. I mean, in my old section, the plug was pulled on the investigations at the end of 2009, and she stood up and said, no, we're not going to do this again, Pope said recently. When it comes to recovered crash debris, uh, Pope said, uh, investigating this in the UK and trying to get information behind closed doors is difficult because of the similar issue investigative journalists deal with in the United States. Um, he remains optimistic with this year's UFO report from the uh, Office of the Director on National Intelligence. It has spurred a lot of new interest in the UFO topic, leading to national news outlets reporting on the issue and television networks scrambling to produce relevant content. I think we are in new territory, Pope said. 
a phrase that I've often used about this and that to others uh, in this subject has absolutely transitioned out of the fringe and into the mainstream. Pope also said that while there are some issues that is still a stigma to overcome, I think we are there. You know, three and a half, four years ago, especially in a position where if you found a journalist had popped up and called the department or, or called the DOD Public Affairs and said, what's your take on UFOs? The response would have been nobody's interested and nobody's investigating. Pope plans to share his knowledge as one of the keynote speakers at the MUFON International Symposium on uh, UFO gatherings. Uh, it begins on Friday, August 27th and runs through the weekend. And that is some of Britain's UFO disclosure. News. I just like some of the, the descriptors they use, like stigma and raw. Well, but he's he's only saying that because, you know, he is saying that nowadays versus 2009, people are not calling people crazy like they did. Not as right. much, right. you know. That's that That's what I got out of it. What did you get out of it, Rebecca? She has herself muted and she forgot. I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> um, I just, I'm sorry. Um, I just always go back to, I can't remember what movie it was. It was a while ago, but it started out with a quote. I can't even remember who the quote is by, but it's, we're either alone in this universe or we're not. And both are terrifying. I I think I think both is true yeah. to some aspect as well. So you think we're alone and we're not? Yes. Well, I don't think that we're alone. I think it's whatever you think. Either if you think we're alone or you think that we're not alone, both are equally terrifying. I don't I, think we're alone until we're not. I don't. I think. Well, I think that. I don't think we're alone. I don't think we're alone either. But I think that. Um, I think that there is a stick with aliens and UFOs because we have been brainwashed to think of them as a certain way. And once we break out of that glass box that we've been programmed to be in, we can then understand that alien just means anything not of human and that they have always been here and that they're, they're trying to help us and that nothing is from from some of them, but nothing is hostile. I still think that we are alone until we're not, and it's going to turn into an MIB situation where we have no idea that, you know, they're here and they're a part of our everyday lives, and all of a sudden, bam, we're going to go in to see Frank, and he's going to be a little pug. Well, I mean, then that gets into, like, gods and goddesses and stuff. I mean, they were mistaken as gods, aliens were. I mean, well, if you can... I if agree. you can. If you can break out of the thing thinking that aliens are something like little girls around, then, uh, you know, aliens are, are anything. Aliens are gods. Aliens are guardians and higher beings. I agree with that. I don't, I don't think aliens are little green things, though. Oh, my God. Do you guys well, see that hummingbird? I don't, I don't think they're little green things either. I, I think their body is... Uh, equipped to handle the environment that they come from the same as ours is. Right. Or, or 
Some of them are not. And so, you know, they take a random farmer and they skin them and wear their skin around and need more sugar in their water. And that's that. Yeah, but hey, you're going back to the Men in Black movie. If any farmer needs, and now you're talking about reptilians, which is a totally different alien species. If, Still an alien, though. If any farmer needed to be skinned, it was the one from Men in Black One. Yes. That, that guy was just an ass. Yes, I agree. So, so uh, you're going to tell us about a hidden UFO base? Well, in Antarctica. I don't know if it's a hidden UFO base. This but one's in the Mojave Desert. Base. Yes. A woman has conducted a news conference in front of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., where she said that she has met aliens at their, at their base in the United States. Angeline Johnston, who is going by the alias Angeli, has held a news conference in front of the Lincoln Memorial, where she explained that she has been in contact with aliens at their base located in the Mojave Desert. Johnston also claimed that she will be bringing astronauts and scientists to the secret base to meet with the quote-unquote higher beings. Johnston also claims that she is a retired defense intelligence officer who has met two strangers who showed her the tunnels to the alien base. Upon entering the tunnels, Johnston says she met two alien life forms from two separate races who communicated with her telepathically via her consciousness. The news conference was produced by TT Products, who will be following up with Johnston on her story. After coming across the story, I proceeded to dig for information on Johnston to see if I could verify the credentials she claims to possess but I was unable to find anything. Since I could not confirm the claims Johnson has made, I recommend taking your story with a healthy amount of skepticism until more information is released. That is all that the story wrote, um, leading to more skepticism. And I, too, myself, was unable to find anything on this Johnson. However, I did find something on her alias, Angelique. Um, and that is a she's she's trying to start a GoFundMe. Um, it just says for space bringings, whatever that may mean. Space bring, really? Space space bringings. Okay. She reached like it was one hundred seventy some dollars last night out of two thousand dollars when I looked. Okay. What kind of space bringings could you get for two grand? I don't know if she's just trying to buy Greyhound bus tickets for everyone she wants to bring there, but I feel like if she was a defense contractor or, or worked with with a department, that she'd probably afford a little bit more than just that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm all for it. You know, I mean, if there was real facts that there was a real base, yeah. I, I would be the first to line to buy us all tickets to go check this out. You know, I mean, we, I mean we, we would we would schedule it around Cookie Factory and and barbecue business, and you know we would go do that. But that that I don't know. That, I I want to believe I want to believe in it, but um, you know it, it it's just got all of the generic like Mojave Desert and and two different life forms telepathically communicating. It's got all of the right. Red flag words, I call them. Definitely, definitely. But it, it doesn't have any actual facts behind it. You can't find anything on it. I couldn't even find this press conference. So if if a company actually like produced it, where the heck is it? Very good question. Very good. And question. I was using I was using the DuckDuckGo. I was goosing it. I wasn't even googling it. I and, was goosing it. And you still wasn't able to find it. Correct. It happens. It happens. 
Must have been a Canadian goose and not a Kentucky one. <laughs> oh, what's your thoughts on that, Rebecca? She's got to unmute herself. Hang on. I saw that I was on mute this time before I started talking. <laughs> I also have you. We're live on the on the TikTok, so I, right. sometimes I have to answer my people. My flockers. Hello, flockers. <laughs> um. I agree with Dirty Dan to an extent, to an extent, because you also have to pay attention to what is removed. It's all removed. Exactly. That's the problem. Yeah, but you got to understand, though, if it's all been removed, then how is it? How does it not make you want to dig more and find out more about it? Yeah, but the problem is it's literally all removed. It's not it's not even digging and looking for, for tidbits. It's all of the bits of tids are gone. Yeah, but doesn't that make it even more real? Not necessarily. It could be a red flag. It could be your your, your red flag because nothing is there, nothing's around. So it's literally just a little title. And that's a distraction. And then everybody else loses sight of what they should be watching while they're looking for nothing that's existing, everything that's non-existent with this, and, and something else big could be going on. Well, there's, you I know, agree. Yeah. I agree. I hear you. There, there's definitely a lot going on in the world today to make people lose sight. I mean, there's so much going on. And I, I don't know if it was true, but I, I saw where somebody had said that Joe Biden had uh, uh, is going to suspend public appearances indefinitely. I don't know if that's true. I just I saw know. the same thing. Yeah. Wait a second. Biden's going to suspend his own public appearances indefinitely. That's because, that's because because he's not real because he's already been arrested well, because he's already been. Oh, okay, I'll stop. I don't know how true that is because I'm. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not interested enough to dig it to waste time to dig in and research. Yeah. I wasted my time early on in my research with that, um, and now I'm just now I just have my feet up with my popcorn watching the rest of this bullshit movie play out. <laughs> but I uh, just I don't know if you guys saw, but I saw a clip the last day or two of him doing a press conference, reading the script where it says that he's got his pre-selected people he's already going to call out as normal, and he just like lists off the dude's credentials, and and there's no one there to ask a question. No, no, I, I've not saw that. One of the funniest ones that I did see, uh, Ned actually sent it to me, where, and you guys may have saw this one, where he's with his Secret Service guys. He's got one in the front, one in the back. They're going to the White House. The one walks ahead, one points for him to go this way, and so he keeps on walking, and he turns and walks in the bushes. <laughs> Nobody Here, told him to walk in the bushes, but he goes and walks in the bushes. I just I just sent it to both of you guys. It says, Biden, I'll take your questions. And as usual, folks, they gave me a list of the people I'm going to call on. The dude's literally a puppet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just, you know, there's, you know, and, and, and going back, there's definitely enough going on in the world nowadays to try to distract you from point A to point B. So... Oh, I I wonder if I could play it over the the microphone. You 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 may be able to, yeah, yeah. Let you me, may let be me able try to. Here. All right, go ahead and try that. Take your questions, and as usual, folks, they gave me a list 
of the people I'm going to call on. So, uh, Jonathan, Associated Press. <laughs> and there was nobody there. Nobody there. Okay. That's just, don't you kind of feel bad for the guy just a little bit? I mean, because I honestly think he has no clue where he's at. Because it's not even him. It's all white hat actors. There there are two different Bidens I've seen. One with his earlobes attached and one with the earlobes not attached. Uh, yeah, no, well, I, I have saw that picture. All right, we're getting off topic. Nobody cares. <laughs> well, you are right. We're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to go straight into segment two. DJ Nikki interview part two. And uh, then we'll come back in segment three. And we're going to have an open discussion Uh, Rebecca, Dirty Dan, and myself with uh, why some people believe in UFOs. And that's all Rebecca's here for. What are we listening to, Dirty Dan? Here to chew bubble gum. (laughs) Thank you, Rebecca. We'll be back in just a moment. When you want fresh, authentic Mexican food, you want El Picante and Cole Run. Dine on sizzling hot fajitas, the freshest pico de gallo, or if you're craving their secret ingredient jalapeno dip, the only place you'll find it is El Picante. Look, there are Mexican restaurants on every corner. The difference is in the mouth-watering food and the great service you'll get at El Picante and Cole Run. Visit El Picante for lunch today. No, not really. I mean, I, my family moved to Australia when I was 15, so I'm, I'm used to living all over the place and having to convert time zones and whatnot, so it wasn't too, too difficult. Okay. Well, uh, uh, our, my uh, first question, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was uh, born in Detroit, Michigan, uh, back in the, the 80s, 1980, actually, in inner city Detroit. So people have seen the, the movie Eight Mile Road uh, with Eminem, and I, I literally grew up on Seven Mile Road. So within the city borders, and it was very, very rough neighborhood. My family decided to finally move. Uh, my parents had five children, and uh, then our neighbors were carjacked in our driveway and ran over the perpetrator who uh, put a shotgun to his window and then ran the guy over. So we come home to a dead body in our driveway. And my parents were like, mm, maybe this isn't the best place to raise our children. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, then they moved down to Florida. My, my dad, uh, worked for IBM and NASA and that took us to Australia. And, um, yeah, I, I got into the film industry. I, I was a bit of an early achiever. Uh, learned to scuba dive when I was nine uh, taught myself computer graphics when I was 15, got accepted to college when I was 16, uh, was training the Sydney Police Forensics Department uh, by the time I was 18, which is the same year I uh, began performing stand-up comedy, and I also had my first video game published when I was 18, so uh, got off to a running start, uh, was one of the youngest animators ever hired by Walt Disney when I was 21, um, and then quickly realized, um, I used to joke, it's no fun climbing the corporate ladder when you get to the top and realize the ladder has been up against the wrong wall. <laughs> so I realized quickly that uh, Disney was not where I wanted to be. Um, and the only thing worse than telling your parents I'm gay, I think is telling your parents I'm quitting Walt Disney. Uh, Cause that was, that did not go over well with my parents. Um, so yeah, that, that's sort of my, my story. I, I left Hollywood when I was about 28 Um I just got sick of using my skills to, you know, sell Happy Meals and uh, create better consumers. Um, I could see the tricks and tactics that were being used. I could also see that my suggestions of wholesome uh, ideas were always sort of uh, sidelined and literally locked in a drawer uh, and forgotten about. 
And because uh, I worked at Fox, I've worked at Disney, I've, I've worked at many studios uh, through Australia and North America and Europe, Spain, London, uh, Norway, all over the place. And uh, <clears throat> no matter where you go, it's the same. It's the same people in control of the messaging. And if you don't step in line with what they want, then uh, they silence you. And so I decided to get into uh, journalism. I, uh, I learned about the cannabis plant, which was uh, forbidden to me. Uh, I don't want to go too much into my background, but um, yeah, no, I, I had an awakening around about 2008 and fully awakened in 2012 and realized that really? um, something's really wrong with this planet and we need to start uh, figuring out how to save ourselves because what if no savior is coming? And hey, if the savior does come and we're busy trying to save the world, I don't think they're going to be so mad at us for saying, hey, why did you try and save it? You should have waited for me which is what all my family is doing. They, they kept telling me, wait for God, God's coming to save us. I'm like, yeah, but let's get ready. Let's, you know, like, let's stop ruining the planet while we're here. So that's a, a quick history of, of my background. Wow. You know, I mean. Yeah, that, uh, that, that was a shock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, DJ. That, that made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up yeah. from the time that you I started to the time that you ended. And I want to throw this out there right now. We would love to have you back on the show just to talk about you at uh, some point in time because you mentioned several fascinating, several fascinating things that your father worked for NASA that, uh, and you used the term uh, awakening, which I love. Which you know there'll, there'll probably be some people that maybe disagree with that that listen to the show, but you know they have a right to turn off the show if they don't want to listen to it and find out you know facts and and uh, uh, people's other thought process. Um, what do you think, Dirty Dan? I mean, you know, he uh, he said a lot of stuff that it'd be real interesting to have him and, and Rebecca Short of the Short Shit Show on together. What was one of the big movies at Disney that you worked on as an as an animator? Um, I mostly worked on the the sequels, so I I recreated the entire wildebeest stampede for Lion King one and a half. Um, they, uh, for, for the original Lion King, they sent the whole team to Africa so they could study wildebeest in real life. And uh, for me, they gave me a laser disc of the original Lion King and said, hey, can you recreate this? We lost the files. And so that was a fun, fun experiment uh, in uh, pointlessness back then. And this is before YouTube. So like you couldn't go on YouTube and, and look up uh, wildebeest running. So I literally like had to go down to the, the city library and then I had to find a video camera that would record at 24 frames per second because all the footage I found in the library was on film. So I had to have a librarian help me uh, in a projector room to hook up a projector. Then I had to find a camera and synchronize the camera with the projector to record it and take that footage back to Disney and have uh, the head of IT digitize it. So it took like a week and a half before I could even get footage of a wildebeest running on my computer to, to look at and study. Um, so, but, but that was probably the biggest project was Lion King one and a half. I also did Jungle Book two and Peter Pan two. Uh, and then I, I headed up a, a secret division because this was in 2001, 2002, and Disney didn't believe 3D was real. You know, they hired Pixar to make Toy Story and A Bug's Life and a few movies, but they thought it was just a fad. And um, they started a secret lab. It was actually called the Secret Lab. Uh, and I was running up a division in Australia that was recreating Mickey, Donald, and Goofy and all their flagship characters in 3D to see if they could be translated to 3D. And... Um, that's really what I was hired for. Uh, and then when, when we were successful, 
They then uh, outsourced it all to another company, uh, made Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas in 3D, the first 3D animated Disney film, uh, and basically told us to go back to doing backgrounds and, you know, doors and blades of grass blowing in the wind. And that's when I was, I was like, I'm out of here. This isn't what I wanted to do. <clears throat> right. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's fascinating. Uh, Dirty Dan, I think you have the next question there. Yeah. So, uh, Ingersoll Lockwood has 10 key focus areas with number 10 being entertainment, wholesome entertainment. Um, with your background, are, are you helping with that too? Well, so with, with Ingersoll Lockwood, um, I'm not directly involved in the projects. I'm helping out with, with a few where I can. Um, I hope so. I mean, that 10, 10 point list is what drew me to them um, initially because my background, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist and working with the U.S. government was probably one of the last things that I ever would have imagined myself doing. Um, but in the times that we were in, you know, I saw, I, they seemed like a beacon of hope. And I figured, you know, I'll reach out to them and see if they're for real. They're either going to silence me and I'm going to disappear or they're going to support me and I'll have, uh, you know, a powerful ally on, on our side. So I'm hoping to work with all of them. Um, because I also have a lot of ideas, you know, carbon capture shield alone will help with, you know, one through, through five, really life, land, water, air, and fuel. Um, <clears throat> and we're hoping also along the lines of education and entertainment, uh, because I, I believe entertainment is supposed to be, uh, you know, you used to have shamans who would tell stories and the stories were meant to inspire the tribe and to help teach morality and, and all kinds of things. Whereas now entertainment is used to sell consumer goods. And we've sort of gotten off track and we're leading ourselves off a cliff. So I, I think education and entertainment, uh, numbers nine and 10 on the Ingersoll Lockwood list are actually the most, I think they're fundamental to a future that we can believe in. Because if you can entertain people with uh, things that improve them and make them a better person, then that's when human society is going to be on an upward trend, you know, where we're going to slowly, each generation has the opportunity to be better than the generation before, rather than devolving into uh, chaos. Now we're going on to uh, the project that you're associated with carbon capture shield. Um, So you manage carbon capture shield. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you became involved with the Ingersoll Lockwood company? And you touched on how you became involved uh, a little bit earlier. So if you want to tell us about Carbon Capture Shield. Well, so Carbon Capture Shield is a a company, a corporation that's been formed with the express purpose of transitioning 1 billion acres of farmland to regenerative agriculture by 2030. So uh, we we all hear about sustainability, but the the truth is if we sustain what we're doing at the moment, uh, we're going to end up in extinction because what we're doing right now we can the earth cannot sustain our current lifestyle and so what we need is something called regenerative Uh, and regenerative agriculture is techniques that actually restore the fertility of the soil so that the soil becomes more fertile as time goes on Um, and it's somewhat biblical you know in that you give it time to rest but but there's so much science and there's such a broad range of research out there on how to regenerate the land um, that we just use the blanket term regenerative agriculture because we don't want to limit it because um, there's so many, you know, there's a million ways to, to skin a cat and there's a million ways to do regenerative agriculture. So the idea with Carbon Capture Shield is if we can get a billion acres, we've done the calculation, if we can get a billion acres to regenerative 
not only will we uh, erase the carbon uh, footprint of humanity, which isn't really the problem, but what that will also do is it will put that carbon back in the soil where it belongs, because there used to be about three, 330 parts per million of, of carbon in the soil, and now there's only 30, and that excess is in the atmosphere at the moment, and it belongs in the soil. That's what makes black dirt black is the carbon. Otherwise, it's just sand. Um, and when it's in the soil, it can absorb more water and it becomes uh, a living ecosystem and a playground for a whole microcosmos of life that uh, literally eats the detritus. You know, we're having all these forest fires and that's because we've sprayed chemicals that have killed all of the earthworms and, and the other creatures that normally eat and break down all of this detritus and turn it uh, from uh, fuel for fires into fertilizer for new life in the soil. And because of of humans' use of, of these toxic chemicals all over the planet, we're seeing a global uh, shift uh, to where the carbon is leaching out of the soil and into the atmosphere. So that's the plan with Carbon Capture Shield. Uh, I hope that answered that question. Yes, yes, it did. Uh, Dirty Dan, uh, you've got the next one. Yeah, so honestly, you said by 2030 with, with 1 billion um, acres. Honestly, how, how practical is that, that Carbon Capture Shield project then? So, yeah, and I mean, it is, it's like climbing a mountain, uh, you know, it's like climbing Everest. How realistic is it? And uh, it's, it's extremely treacherous and difficult and uh, one wrong step and you could fall off a cliff. Um, so it is going to be difficult, but it is, it is practical because uh, with regenerative agriculture, the, the reason why organic doesn't take off is because when you switch from conventional chemical-based agriculture to organic, you lose productivity. So if you're one acre used to grow, you know, a ton of, of soy uh, and you go to organic, now it's only going to grow, uh, you know, 0.8 tons or even uh, 0.4 tons. Yeah. yeah. So it really drops quite a lot. With regenerative agriculture, within the first year, you can be matching what conventional agriculture did. And by year seven, uh, we have farmers who are getting up to 500%, so five times more yield from the same soil without any input, with no fertilizer, very little watering, no tilling. Um, so when you have two farms next to each other, and one of them is, you know, the, the farmer spending thousands of dollars on fertilizers and pesticides and, and fungicides and herbicides, and he's getting, uh, you know, a, a fraction of the yield of his neighbor who's not even tilling his soil, the, the farmers are going to ask questions, you know, what are you doing? And it's going to spread like wildfire. And so that's what, that's why we're starting small. Uh, we're, we're working with a few key farms. Uh, I've been I spent the last decade traveling the world, meeting with farmers, making documentary films uh, and building relationships. And so I have a network of farmers on just about every inhabited continent who are ready to apply these principles. Um, and once we can publicize their results, I think it's going to start spreading like wildfire. So we say we aim to do that by 2030, uh, which is, you know, nine years, but I think we could do it in, in four to five years once we really get some momentum. So, yes, it's definitely practical. Okay. Um, you know, it, uh, uh, before I ask this question, I just want to make a comment that it's, it is refreshing to have a company going out and trying to improve uh, humanity versus trying to destroy it and tear it down. I just want to make that comment. Well, uh, it, it's, it's nice to also hear that, the one of the people that are in charge of that or, or working with that are so passionate and have are on the kind of, kind of the same page as the rest of us that are about here to chew bubblegum and whatnot. Uh, 
DJ, uh, how long have you been a contractor f- uh, for the company, and does that the, does that classify you differently in the eyes of the uh, Ingersoll Lockwood employees or board versus the company's payroll employees? Well, so I'm not actually a contractor for Ingersoll Lockwood. I'm um, they are mentoring me and incubating my project uh, and and financially supporting it to some extent, but I don't actually get any income from them. Um, they they coached me to go out and find private investors and help me and and several of the board members have also personally invested uh, in my project. But for the time being, because uh, Ingersoll Lockwood's focus is more um, USA made in America, uh, and then one of my primary partners is a German who runs a Japanese renewable energy company. Um, so they they didn't want to. We we had some discussions about making it an Ingersoll Lockwood project directly under their umbrella. Um, but I really wanted a, a global uh, view. You know, that I, I have friends in Africa that I really want to help out. I have friends in uh, Albania and Georgia and Australia that I really want to help out uh, Colombia, you know, throughout South America. And I, I told them that I really wanted to make it an international project. And so that's why we decided to keep it somewhat separate. And then uh, the board members who wanted to participate were welcome to invest personally. Uh, and then a few of them are also on my board. Uh, on Carbon Capture Shield's board, so that way we get the mentorship and the guidance, and also access to their connections, because that's the biggest thing. And and the other thing is, you know, uh, knowing someone like that is is has got your back. If you're going to be going up against giants like Monsanto, uh, I don't want to be suicided, um, you know. And I have no intention of killing myself like John McAfee. So uh, the best bet in securing yourself against such eventualities is to partner with the enemy, so to speak. And so that's why I reached out to Ingersoll Lockwood. And and it's been amazing so far. The, the mentorship they've gotten, you know, because I'm not a businessman. I'm a bit of a maverick and a cowboy, you know, so to uh, to be running a, a company as a CEO, it's like, uh, it's it's a bit frustrating at times. But, you know, I've got really good mentors helping me through it. And um, they're helping with all the legal paperwork and avoiding, you know, the landmines of, uh, you know, SEC filings and, and things like that. So that that's where they're really helping with that, and um, man, I take my hat off to them because it's it's amazing um, the support that they've given me. If uh, any of our listeners want to uh, uh, invest or contribute to your project, how can they do that? So right now we have a GoFundMe, and if you look on uh, GoFundMe.com, we have not been taken off yet. Um, it's just called Carbon Capture Shield Earth's Natural Defense. And uh, we're aiming to raise $20,000 right now on GoFundMe. And we're up to, as of this recording, we're at 19350 which is amazing. So if they wanted to support us, they could go there uh, or follow us on social media or on Telegram. We've got uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, um, and also a Telegram at the moment that's very active. And then, um, yeah, you just jump on there. And we're, we're not uh, accepting outside investors right now. We're, uh, we're accepting investors by invitation only just because um, you mentioned before, it's nice, it's refreshing to hear of a, a corporation that wants to care for the planet. And I agree. And in order to maintain that, we have to be very selective about what kind of investment we allow. You know, that, that's Elon Musk said his biggest regret with, um, uh, was it Tesla, was that he made it a public company. And when you make it public, you lose control because then the investors get a control where the company goes. And so um, at the moment with Carbon Capture Shield, we're keeping it private because we need to make sure that we set it on the proper course. Uh, and then when the time is right, we want to uh, re- restructure the company to be a public benefit corporation. 
and enshrine in its founding documents, kind of like the Constitution, uh, where we set the tone uh, and we say, this is what the company exists for, and anything against this is counter to the company and is hereby rendered valid. So we were, we have to very, be very protective, you know, of, of the seedling while it's uh, in its sprouting stage. Uh, so, DJ, um, in talking about uh, Carbon uh, Capture Shield, um, when you reach your GoFundMe goal that you set, uh, what exactly is that money going to do? And... Um, is it even going to be able to make a dent, so to speak, in the project that you talked about? Right. Yeah. Well, 20000 really uh, is not enough to make a dent, but it's enough to uh, start the plan. And what we've done is we've designed the plan. So my background as well, for the last five years, um, I've in 2016, I started a nonprofit called thecanopedia.org where I started researching and publishing uh, accurate fact-based information on the cannabis plant. And that led to making uh, an award-winning documentary film in 2017, where my wife and I traveled around the U.S., meeting with farmers and business owners and politicians all across the country and educating them and also being educated ourselves about about the state of hemp in the United States. That film's called The Hemp Road Trip. Um, and so that film actually helped uh, push the legalization of hemp federally for, for farmers in 2018. Um, and the way we did it was the film ended up getting censored. It, it was rejected by every film festival we submitted to, and nobody would play it. Nobody wanted to look at it, you know, in, in the media realm. So we figured, well, stuff that, you know, we, we already went on a road trip. We got all these contacts. So we, we organized our own grassroots screening campaign. Uh, and we ended up having uh, successful screenings of the film all across the country that we organized ourselves. Well, what we did was we contacted activists in each city and uh, we had another road trip around the country. And every time the road trip stopped in that city, that was the night of the screening. And we invited people to come and it was a very uh, cheap. It was like five dollars a ticket. And all of that went to the the nonprofit uh, called the Hemp Road Trip. Um, and so. What I did was I learned how to create a grassroots movement with others who are who uh, joined me in Carbon Capture Shield. But we learned how to use the power of the people to overcome the censorship. Because um, the other thing is you cannot advertise anything to do with cannabis on any social media platform. You're not allowed to do paid advertising. And we were getting censored. But then we had a breakthrough where I created a video of uh, Dr. Uma Donabalan. She's uh, a New England doctor who who recommends cannabis and. She, she was uh, testifying before her state Senate and she had the video of her testimony up on her YouTube channel. And after like a year, it had maybe a hundred, a couple hundred views. And she's like, Hey, can you help me promote this? So I re-edited that into a nice entertaining video and put it out on Facebook and shared it through a, a network of activists that I know. And it's now up to, I think 2.8 million views. It just went completely viral. And that showed me that the people, you know, when, when information has found its audience, you can't stop it. And so I figured if we could take that same concept and apply it to farming and to uh, saving our soil, then that's probably the best way forward. So the 20,000 is actually to help us create a grassroots movement. And the way we're doing that is we're creating a home lawn care product that we're going to uh, distribute to people. Anyone who has a lawn now can be involved in saving the environment in their own backyard. So instead of uh, every year, 60 million pounds of poisons are sprayed on American lawns. And, you know, that kills the bees and the butterflies and the pollinators. It gets washed down the drains and pollutes our water tables and, and streams and waterways. But also our children crawl around on these toxins that we know cause cancer. And we walk on them and, uh, you know, 
drag that back into our homes on our floors. And instead of doing that, we could be spraying our products, which will actually be beneficial for the environment. It will feed the soil. It will help your lawn actually be sequestering carbon out of the atmosphere and creating a home for pollinators. And it's non-toxic. So if your baby eats a handful of your dirt, it doesn't matter because it's all non-toxic. It's all natural. So if we can give people a product that they can use in their own backyards, now we've created activists because they've actually done it literally in their own backyard. They know how easy it is to help change the environment. So now we can get them as vocal activists who will go to their local farmers and start promoting our products to the farmers. And that's sort of the way that we're going to get in um, sort of, you know, virally and through grassroots movements. So we want to create uh, an educated market of conscious consumers who can then demand and using their demand, create market demand that shifts the direction of the market. Can you tell us about uh, any or all specific goals and timelines and plans that uh, the company Ingersoll Lockwood have planned or set in place to see their mission statement to fruition? Yeah, definitely. So I'm I'm only involved in two directly. Um, I'm not involved in American Health Defenders, but that's that's actually what solidified my confidence in them as a company. Uh, if you go to AmericanHealthDefenders.com, I think it is, or just click on their the link on their website, uh, Ingersoll Lockwood. That gives amazing information on how to protect yourself and your loved ones from the virus, um, including uh, the vaccine, I believe. So that's one of them uh, for restoring health. And then you have American Education Defenders, which is Paul Hemphill's project. Um, He's also running a a fundraiser right now to help save children from uh, critical race theory. And I've been a bit involved in that as well. And then, of course, Carbon Capture Shield is one that I'm running. So... As far as the timeline, um, they really don't share timelines. Um, and the way I feel is, is we kind of have to earn it. You know, like if, if someone were to come in and save us all and give us our freedom, we would lose that very quickly because we gained it very quickly and easily. And so if we have to create these solutions ourselves and if we have to drive the solutions ourselves, then we've taught ourselves how to win our freedom and how to defend our freedom and how to keep our freedom. And so... I believe that their mission statement is there to inspire us and Ingersoll Lockwood exists as a, you know, a lightning rod to gather us together. Uh, and then also they will then support the work that they, that they can, uh, like they're supporting my carbon capture shield to help achieve all of those, uh, those 10 plans. So you, you mentioned earlier the Ingersoll Lockwood.com website and uh, hits updates and so forth. Uh, uh, What's your thoughts on that? I mean, personally, I am mesmerized because it seems like it's updated in almost real time, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know how they do that. But, I mean, I know Ingersoll Lockwood also bought Cyber Defense Media Group a couple of years ago. So I know they've got a, a team of dedicated specialists. So, yeah, that, that always blows me away. I Sometimes I get, like, a, a secret message that just says, hey, go check out this page and, and look for Easter eggs. So it's it's pretty exciting. It's 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 very 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 exciting, and the word has got out about Ingersoll Lockwood's website because you can go on TikTok now, and there's so many more people other than ourselves well, that that are talking about it. And it seems like you know they're making these discoveries. And one of the things I found interesting is to actually get to the Q and A page. First, that page is interesting by itself. But there's no yes. menu screen. You have to actually type IngersollLockwood.com backslash QA to get to that. And there's Easter eggs on that page as well. 
Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I've had to create a document myself that has all those links. And then the beautiful thing is, you know, there's all kinds of telegram channels that are springing up where people are coming together and they're self-organizing and then they're they're researching into the, the web page and then all of the information that it shares, they're researching into that. So it's kind of like, you know, the Q movement was was to me it was a beautiful thing. And I wasn't I, I wasn't like a regular on the chans, but I, once I saw Q, then I I was hooked on that because the information was the kind of stuff that I've been reading about for the last decade anyway. And here's this alleged insider, you know, talking about it. But more importantly, there were all these millions of people from all around the world who were coming together and sharing their research. And that is such a powerful thing. And I think what Ingersoll Lockwood is doing is they're sort of bringing that same mentality uh, to the mainstream now, you know, and uh, when we, the people, learn how to self-organize around a, a mission and an objective, that's when we take the power back because that's all society is. Society is just a group of people coming together uh, with a specific objective or mission in mind. And we've forgotten that. We, we become passive consumers and we just take whatever we're, we're given, whereas humans are meant to be passionate explorers, you know, and developers and creators and, and uh, sharers. So, yeah, no, that, that's got me so excited. Uh, I, I really love everything about that. And the fact that people are posting on TikTok, I'm not even on TikTok, but I, I love that people are posting about it on there and, I, that just gets me very excited. Uh, and you, you mentioned Telegram uh, channels. Uh, if you want to, please feel free to share your Telegram or any that you follow uh, with our audience. Well, so uh, my personal channel is called Secure Comms, just secure and then C-O-M-M-S. Um, I'm, I also have a chat room attached to that, but I'm very uh, protective of the chat room. I, I ban very frequently if people start to cause trouble because I need to stay focused. Um, there's also, um, Project Apario, uh, I support the, the creator of that Project Apario is, it's an online open source intelligence, uh, tool that was custom coded, uh, by a, a friend of mine. He's also the, the typist behind the Majestic, the MJ12, uh, Twitter account and Telegram account. And then he created Project Apario as an open source intelligence tool, um, and then also you have Operation North Star is run by another friend that I'm working with. Uh, and his, his information is just amazing. Like he, he's teaching me about all kinds of stuff. And he's the one who brought the connection to uh, the Tesla Science Institute. Um, so, so they're now supporting Carbon Capture Shield as well. And that's opening up amazing, you know, like talk about hidden technologies and stuff that's 300 years uh, advanced. They've got some stuff that... I don't even want to mention because it'll discredit me. People hear it and they'll be like, "That's that's bull crap," you know. So, right. Uh, you but, know. Uh, yeah. Those are three things. Sorry. Go ahead. The 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 people that do say that that's bull crap, those are the closed minded people that I don't think are ever going to wake up. Uh, you know. Well, and I, I agree, but in their defense, we've been fed so many lies so many times that you have to be skeptical, you know, and you've got shills all over the place. You know, like I follow Ghost Ezra, but I don't know if he's a shill. So, I, you know, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. And uh, on one hand, I salute that skepticism because we need that because blind belief is what has gotten us into this trouble. So we have to be skeptical, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, be skeptical, but still look into it uh, and give it a chance before you dismiss it. Yeah. Uh, is there is there anything else that you might want to add in closing or, or mention or, you know, briefly talk about? Yeah, well, I, I would just encourage people to, um, you know, 
focus on, I, I don't know if you know the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, but he talks about the, the circle of influence versus the circle of concern. Uh, and then also you have the circle of control. And so he talked about like ineffective people focus all their time and attention on their circle of concern. That's things you can't control, but you're concerned about, like the weather. You can't change the weather, but you can be concerned about it. Uh, you know, like global warming and, and other things, there's there's things that are outside of your direct control that might worry you. And if you focus all your time and attention on that, you will not get anything done. That's not very effective. But if you focus on your circle of, of control, then that's things you can influence. Like for instance, um, you know, what you eat and what you drink and also what you consume mentally, you know, what you read, what you listen to, what you watch. And if you take control of yourself, your circle of control expands. And that's what I learned, um, you know, with, with the hemp road trip. Uh, when I focused on what I could do, what I could do is I could record interviews with farmers all around America and I could make that into an entertaining film. And that expanded my circle of influence because suddenly now, uh, even though I'm just one person, I was able to influence farmers and politicians and, and people all around the country and really all around the world because I focused on what I was able to control. You know, it was extreme, extreme uh, sacrifice for my wife and I. We lost our house. We lost everything to make that film. But that was within our control. And so the choices that you make in your circle of control can expand your circle of influence and help you direct things in your circle of concern where you can literally, you know, how does one person change the world? Well, it starts by making your bed. That was, was it, was it uh, uh, General McRaven, the Navy SEAL, uh, has that talk on YouTube. Yes. And yes. that always stuck with me. You know, if you want to change the world, start by making your bed. And that's very true because that principle carries over into every aspect of your life. If you take care and do the right thing, even in the small stuff, then eventually others will notice and your influence will increase. So that's, that's all I'd like to add. Well, uh, DJ, I just want to thank you again for coming on the show, and I definitely will be in touch with you, and I would definitely like to have you back to uh, talk about your life and talk about uh, some of your dad's, if you know anything uh, that you wish to share about his work at NASA, but I would definitely love to have you back on. Thank you very much, DJ. Um, hi, I'm Rebecca. You're listening to Here to Shoot Bubblegum. And welcome back. Great job bringing us back. Great My job. My lord. You put me on the spot. Brother, she did great. At, at least she didn't get her opening line mixed up. I've come here to kick ass and chew gum. No, Goose, that's not what I said. Yes, yes, it was. No. Yes, I you, said, you, I've you, come here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. Yeah. I'm all out of gum. And, and you switched it. You're supposed to say the bubble gum part first. I'm aware. She and did, I did today. She did great at that. Yeah, because I had it rolled Hi, out. I'm Dirty Dan, and you are listening to your Juju Bubblegum. At least Aww. I can get the words out of my mouth. She did I great, did. man. You're, you're, you're just jealous. Um, DJ Everybody's Nikki. a hater. Everybody's a hater until they put my meat in their mouth, because my meat can't be beat. Phrasing. <laughs> oh. Well, and uh, that is a nice segue into uh, the DJ Nikki interview part two. <laughs> I want to thank you again, DJ, for uh, being on the show, and we will yes. definitely have you back on very soon. Uh, I'm already working on a second list of questions to ask DJ. Um, I have all the questions. Well, good, so. good. Well, what's the first one on your list that you're going to ask DJ when we get him back the second time? Uh, how does your spiritual journey fit into this? There you go, Dirty Dan. 
can you tell us any more about the life on the road? One of your 2017 hemp productions video you made in Kentucky. There you go. I'm going to say, what did the people at Ingersoll Lockwood think about your interview? <laughs> no beating around the bush with this. <laughs> Oi, I'm just getting right to the point. Uh, no, uh, segment three, we talked about this earlier in the show. We're, we'll probably do this every week, uh, depending on what we're doing on the show um, or uh, time crunch or whatever. But we're going to end each show each week with talking about a topic that we talked about on the show, like an open discussion. And uh, this round table. Yes. And this week, our open discussion is uh, why some people believe in UFOs. And whoever wants to go first can go first. Can I just ask a real quick question? Yes. Can I ask a yes. preliminary question? Is the whole show just not an open discussion? Yeah. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, like th- this is just like something new that we're... This is specifically taught, called an open discussion. There's no articles. There's no anything that's that's being read or, or discussed, it's all an open topic discussion. On why people believe in UFOs. Yes. Some. some people. Why, yeah, why some people believe some. in UFOs. Well, I think I'm going to quote one of my flackers on the live here that said, if you, if you don't believe in, in aliens and UFOs, you should have your head examined. Well, that's great. But save it for segment three, because right now we're in segment two, which is the DJ inter- Nikki interview. No, we're, no, we're no, actually we're in segment three. three. Segment we're two, on. the interview played. Right. Why don't you pay attention to where we're at, Dirty Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you be answering my question about segment three if we're not on it? I, I, am, I am loving this today. I am loving this today. Bazinga. <laughs> I, need, I need a stiff drink. Sounds like you need a coffee. <laughs> I'll be right back. That's what she said. Um, I'm gonna get a drink. I'll be right back. And 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 I totally agree with your with your flocker there. You know that you need to have your head examined if you don't believe in UFOs. I think some people believe in them because they want to have hope and believe that they're not the only life form here. You know, and that they're not all necessarily evil or out to hurt us. <laughs> But maybe work with us and, you know, just just having that hope to believe in something else, I think, resonates with a lot of people that believe in UFOs. I, I mean, I totally agree with you. But even if we take out, like, the hope and the, the question out of it, like, I feel like there is way more evidence proving that there are UFOs than aren't. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, I'm. I totally agree with you. And I think that it comes down to one of my favorite sayings. If you can't argue both sides, then your opinion is on it. So if you, if you don't want to believe in UFOs, if you want to stay in that box, that's fine. Absolutely fine. You do you, boo-boo. But don't get mad at me and don't call me crazy because I believe in something different. Exactly. Exactly. Dirty Dan, what do you think? Well, I see I didn't miss any of the thing I haven't heard before from her. Well, you did for me. I, I uh, said that, that some people want to believe. I, I think some people want to believe because they want to have hope. And believing in other life forms gives them hope. You know, not necessarily that they're going to hurt us or harm us, you know, but maybe work with us and, and, and help us, you know, and work together. Well, how else do you think the pyramids got built? I mean, come on. 
through thousands and thousands of enslaved people well, doing, doing anti physic things. With, I still think rocks. the pyramids are our power plants. Well, well, they yeah, are. Yeah, 100% are. The Giza um, pyramids are, it's free energy, but yes. they got that technology somehow. They were it's able to. It's a hydrogen to, reactor. They were able to move all of those stones somehow. They, they were able to come up with all of that. Because, and if you look at ancient Egyptian culture and if you look at like the hieroglyphs and the writings and the paintings on the inside of the of the things, like there's no way that wasn't aliens and gods and all of those. The only rational explanation I heard for the pyramids being built was that they started from the top and worked their way down to the bottom. How does that even make sense? Really? You you've read that or heard that? How, how, yeah. What? That was the only person who on ancient aliens they started the from the top they started yeah. from the top because rebecca remembers that they started from yep. the top and they worked their way down How? the top the top is the <laughs> oldest stone and also if you look at all of the pyramids they line up exactly with orion's belt yeah and they're all pointed to where the arrow is now made didn't now, didn't the, the top all across the world like that then the yeah. top of the main period, uh, the, the main pyramid used to have like gold on top of it there was some of it that was gold um, it was it was some. It wasn't necessarily always gold. It was some sort of crystal because you because crystals are yes. incredibly fucking powerful. And I it think some quartz. of them were actually quartz. Yeah, it was quartz. quartz. Okay, but some of them were gold. I knew there was some kind of uh, material on top of it, and I I don't really buy the started at the top and work their way down. I mean, it's the, <laughs> the only way I could think of that would be like if Aliens? they. Well, no, well, that is one way, but if if the whole area was full of sand and they laid that first one and then they scooped away enough dirt and laid the second one, I mean, that would be the only way I could think of them starting at the top and working their way down. It still doesn't make sense because you've got to think about that whole area that's excavated by the time they're in the bottom. Now, here's my hypothesis, and I'm going to get some people going with this, is that they use the Ark of the Covenant to do that. And they buried it at Oak Island. <laughs> I, 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 I still don't think that's at Oak Island. I don't there know where it's triggered. at. He's but, triggered. He's triggered. But it, it's 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 not at Oak Island. I don't think. How about how about all of the all of the ancient ancient structures that a we still cannot move to this day right. or figure out how they were put there. I mean, they had and, actual. Don't and. Me. And also across different times, across different areas of the world where there was no way there could have been communication, yes. they are built exactly the same with the same styles. And all I was going to do was further your point in saying that they had the professional masonries on that show and they can't even with today's technology cannot cut or shape or mold the stones as cleanly as crisply uh, or as quickly as they did back when those pyramids and, and stones were made. So fun fact, um, there's actually certain plants that will soften stone so that they can mold them. Hmm. I yeah. never so, knew that. Yeah, there's the, oil, the oils get absorbed into the stones and that's how they're able to make them into those shapes. But they would have to have so many of those plants and be able to break the plant oils down and understand what plants were able to do that and then have the pressure and the the tools to press those stones. 
Hmm. That's, that's, alien. Alien technology. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely alien technology. Well, just just look at the pharaoh that was King Tutankhamun's father. The one that changed everything. The one that was an alien-like shape. He's been talked about and referred to as that. His body characteristics matched one of the alien races perfectly. Right. What are you talking about? King Tut's father. Remember? The very long, skinny one that changed all the, the hieroglyphics. And the oh, hieroglyphics. yeah. For like a couple, like through his reign, and then it all went yes. back. Now, do you think that we'll ever know what's under the uh, Great Pyramids and the Sphinx and all that? I yeah, mean, because there's, here's there's, you, there's here's stuff under there. Do. Don't be fucking with that. Don't fuck with it. Well, <laughs> Don't now, fuck with it. You, you, you go by Edgar Casey, the sleeping prophet from Kentucky, who said that uh, the Hall of Records was under the paw of the, I, I think, the left paw of the Sphinx, and it would explain how the pyramids were built, how, uh, you know, uh, what happened to the city of Atlantis, all that stuff. I think I, we should dig down oh, there. That was the, that was the, not only the like the floods that happened, but then there's the mud floods that happened as well. It, it brings me back to an article I just recently saw about a like 4,200 year old mummy in Pompeii with a golden apple in her mouth that was like a prophet or something. And the first thing out of anyone's mouth was, "Don't touch the apple." Really? Just don't touch it. Well, now, it if if you want to go back to our own country in the early 1900s in uh, the uh, Grand Canyon, there was, I can't think of the guy's names, but they supposedly found a bunch of uh, Egyptian artifacts. The Smithsonian swoops in, uh, takes them. I mean, there's articles in the newspaper you can still find, covers everything up. Yes, Rebecca. So have you, and I know um, one of my one of my flackers who's on my live right now will know what I'm talking about because she actually does it, but have you seen um, the people that do that wood art where they put like the, the battery clamps on yeah. and they basically shock the wood and it makes these lightning bolt effects? Yeah, yeah. Okay, follow me on this. Fracking. Okay. What's it called? Fracking? Fract fracting? Fractal imagery. Fractal imaging. There is, oh, we must be in the White House because there's a helicopter. Fracking is uh, oil drilling. Yeah, yeah. I shale. got you. Uh huh. Um, but so with the Grand Canyon, though, okay, so if they were fucking with free energy and trying to create these posts of sources to conduct that energy from the ether, all right, how is like they say the Grand Canyon is from erosion from, from water and riverbeds. Have you actually looked at it from like an aerial perspective? Because it doesn't look like that. But what it does look like is exactly what those wood burnings look like. So hmm. how is the Grand Canyon not some fucking like other earthly species coming here and trying to fuck with free energy and over and actually scarring the earth like that? That's yeah, I, I never thought about that. Um, and we may talk about the Grand Canyon stuff later on in the show. You know, before the end of the year, um, I don't think we've ever talked about that. I don't. I think, think. we should go and do so, an episode. Hey, we can definitely do that. You know, you know, you're not wrong, Rebecca. I'm I'm looking it up. Yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, I, I may not always be right. Dirty down, but I'm never wrong. You know, you can actually, if you do enough research, yes, there you yeah. go. You know, you, you can actually find the location of the one that is restricted and you're not allowed to. 
there's also, if you look at the Grand Canyon and they're starting to like come forth with discoveries of this, there are fucking caves and entrances and shit within the Grand Canyon. So if they designed it that way, if they shocked the earth and scarred the earth in such a manner to create these portals and these stargates and these caves and entrances within the Grand Canyon so that they can use it as a roadmap. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't water that did that shit. <laughs> so your closing thoughts, dirty Dan, we'll start with you. Why do you think some people believe in UFOs? I think some people believe in UFOs because they've had experiences and, can relate to it. I think other people believe in it because they want to feel that hope that there is something else out there. And I think people don't believe in it because they refuse to open their, their own self and their mind up to other things being out there. Good answer. Uh, Rebecca. I 100% fucking agree totally with you, dirty Dan. What I want to add on to that though is the Part of the problem is we need to stop hating and dividing just because somebody else believes something different. Agree, agree. And I think that people believe in it because, you know, they they want hope, you know. And uh, you can always call, text, or leave a voicemail by calling 606-373-3396, or you can email goose at heretochewbubblegum.com, dirty dan at heretochewbubblegum.com, or rebecca at heretochewbubblegum.com. Uh, Dirty Dan, tell us about Adventures with Purpose. So, AWP, or Adventures with Purpose, is a group of, well, two specific guys, and and they have a network of other guys with them that have taken their talents and connections of the highest degree of self-service to give back to those who need it the most. Um, If you, I highly recommend you going to YouTube, uh, whether it's YouTube.com or your app on your phone, and typing in Adventures with Purpose and looking them up. Um, they go around and they're, they're a team of specialized divers. They go around and they go to where all these cold case files are, missing persons files are. Um, and they use their, their talents and, and their assets to volunteer their time to help bring closure to a family or a person or, or even a whole community sometimes. Um, and they can always use help, um, you know, even just giving them a thumbs up or a like on one of their YouTube videos, or you can go check out Jared and Sam's and gang's website, which is adventureswithpurpose.com. Um, please go out, look at them, reach out to them, um, help, help any way you can. Uh, I think it's very noble and very well worth it. And I will, as soon as you forward me, um, all of that information, I will be adding that into my link tree. Good, good. Uh, I want to thank you guys. I want to thank DJ Nikki again for being on the show this week. And DJ, thanks again from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of Dirty Dan's big old heart. (laughs) (laughs) I also want to say special thanks to Carlin for all the voiceover work. Don't forget about the Midlife Crisis new album entitled Have a Little Faith, available September 10th. You can pick it up on CD, USB stick, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more. Uh, CK, Uncle Bill, and the rest of the gang over deadpit.com. Be sure to check them out. Justin Perkins of Talk, but Justin Perkins of Talk Junkie. Also, check out Down on the Holler with Jordan and Brad. Don't forget about Seth's Daily Podcast and the Spooky Family Podcast. If you're into spooky, paranormal, Bigfoot, Littlefoot, Loch Ness, all that stuff, 
check out the spookyfamilypodcast.com and if you want to awaken more be sure to check out rebecca short on tiktok that the short shit show of the short shit show and here to chew bubblegum yes that'll do it for this week we'll see you next week and until then so long for now maybe i'm not leaving maybe i'm just coming home For listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. Tune in next time as we dive deeper into things the government doesn't want us to know. <laughs>